I'm going to start this topic by talking about dating. Maybe at some point in our lives, we were together with someone that we really liked, but they didn't treat us the way we wanted or hoped. But, we liked them. Things were fine. There was just always that little voice in the back of our mind that maybe we deserved better. Maybe there was someone who was going to be the person we wanted. And then the realization came that if we never tried for something better, we would never get it. So even though it wasn't bad, it was no longer enough. So we broke up with that person. Welcome to the Great Resignation. Or as I like to think about it, the day employees decided it's not you, it's them. They need more. Last year I wrote an article about how people's behavior was going to change in the workforce post-COVID. Read it here. If it's TL, DR, one of the points that I made was that all of us were going to do an ROI analysis on our life. That analysis was inevitably going to lead to some conclusions. When COVID blew up our lives and showed us that we could exist outside our habitual realities, things we previously thought were impossible became options. The brain absolutely hates change. But when it finds itself in a space where change is the only option, then it starts looking for what the best reality can be. Maybe some employees felt they were settling on their pay, maybe they wanted better health insurance. Maybe they believed their hours to be excessive or maybe they just wanted something new. The bottom line is that people were no longer in the mood to work the way they had. What those specific needs were will depend on the individual companies and their policies. Interestingly enough, the industries hit the hardest are healthcare and social assistance, finance and insurance, and accommodation and food services, usbls.gov. The work-from-home question has certainly been a contentious point with employees. Some organizations forced a return to the office when some people didn't feel safe to do so. The way the brain works is that it performs risk-reward analysis on all of our choices. We calculate what the cost of doing something is compared to the reward. We identify the worse option and then choose the other one. So if an employee had a greater fear of being in the office than leaving their job, we've opened the door for them to leave us. Other employees may be questioning their values and what's important in life. COVID made us very good at imagining the impossible and also made us more conscious that the sands of time might be more fragile than we thought. Many of us will have had our value systems overhauled. I don't know if you watched Nine Perfect Strangers, but there's a scene when they talk about the importance of near-death experiences. They bring clarity, courage, and, most of all, unprecedented change. We've been staring death in the face since March 2020. Pretty much all of us are going to have a new lease on life. Anytime anyone breaks up with us, it means that their needs weren't getting met or what they value has changed. I mean how many of us want to feel like we have to stay in a relationship with someone? Don't we want to feel appreciated, cared for, and valued? The companies that will win will show they get it. For companies to stay competitive and continue to attract the best talent, they need to demonstrate that they value their employees and what the employees value. If the majority of the 30 to 45 age bracket, who were statistically the largest resigning cohort felt they needed to reprioritize family time, companies that have little boundaries around work hours, travel, or overtime are going to feel that. Perhaps for employees that are looking for a healthier environment, companies that go out of their way to encourage healthy stress management, mental fitness, and worker well-being are going to be more attractive. 
Elise Friedman, Corn Ferry Organization Strategy and Workforce Transformation Practice Leader, recently had this to say, if employees feel their employers aren't taking their well-being seriously enough, they will leave and find an employer who does. So how can a company respond to the breakup? 1. Ask and listen, most companies will not know why their employees left. If we want to know where we're not meeting expectations, we have to ask. There's some interesting science around expectations, it shows that when our expectations are not met, we slip into a fixed negative mood loop. The only way out of this mood loop is to then somehow exceed our expectations. If we never meet expectations, as a company, we not only encourage our employees to leave, we also create the desire for counterproductive employee behaviors. So even if they're not leaving us, they may still be subconsciously sabotaging the company, particularly in service industries. 2. Conscious examination, are our policies competitive? Are we really creating a fertile work environment? Here's the funny thing, the more positive employees are, the better they perform. Employees who are angry, anxious, or depressed perform worse. Studies were able to demonstrate a direct correlation between anger in the workplace and an increase in accidents. Keeping employees in bad moods is a financial liability to any organization. 3. Get competitive. Do you want to be the company that people want to be in a relationship with? Or the company that people have to be in a relationship with otherwise they don't get to go to prom? The beauty is you don't need a cultural overhaul overnight. That wouldn't be credible and could be counterproductive. Companies with visions, missions, and five-year plans are better poised for the future. If your organization has been hard hit by a wave of employee breakups, it might be time to get to the bottom of the issue. What's becoming clear these days is that workplaces with happy employees have a competitive advantage, both in terms of talent they can attract and the quality of performance those happy employees are bringing every day.